boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this Saturday morning, the 10th of August. Today I'll be chatting to Brett Scurry, who has just finished up at Sandown as the track curator, and also Hillsville manager Cynthia O'Brien about the inaugural Straight Track Challenge next weekend. What's making news around the kennels? State finals of the Nationals were held all around the country on Thursday night with the National Finals to be held at Cannington on August the 24th. Black Opium didn't let her supporters down with a terrific chasing display to book herself a spot in the sprint final and she will be trying to win her first Group 1. Rajasthan led all the way to win the National Distance State Final so will be representing Victoria at Cannington also in a couple of weeks' time. Tornado Tears, although running second, he gained a start in the final as a wildcard entry also. Heats of the $25,000 to the winner at Warrigal St Ledger were run on Tuesday night with some smart young pups making their way through to tonight's final. If you were on Shimmer Shine, my dog to follow from last week, he would have been in the money. He won in the time of 25-68, defeating recent maturity finalist Get It Gizmo. Jeff Britton has three in the final and the two reserves. The inaugural straight track championship will be held next Sunday, the 18th of August at Healesville, which will include runners who have made it through from the series at Murray Bridge and Capalabar. The Victorian finalists will be determined tomorrow. I'll have more shortly with Cynthia. The Waterloo Cup will be run at Longwood over the weekend of the 24th and 25th of August. Last year's winner, Bear Left, will no doubt be looking to make it back-to-back Waterloo Cups. And with over $25,000 in prize money over the weekend, it's sure to attract some good entries. The Waterloo Cup itself is worth almost $13,000 to the winner. Durangal Prison celebrated its 500th greyhound to have been fostered and adopted out via the Prison Pet Partnerships Program. In the last 12 years, it has been a win-win for both dogs and inmates, as the inmates have assisted in socialising and preparing the dogs for a domestic life, while the dogs provide unconditional love and company and give the inmates a sense of purpose. Racing Minister Martin Pakula announced funding and a rebuild of the Terrelgan track during the week, with the new shape being a U-turn. It is expected to be completed by mid-2020, which is great news with the track being closed since November. And finally in news, the 2018-19 Victorian Greyhound Awards will be held next Friday night at Crown Casino. I will have a special edition of Talking Greyhounds next week covering the awards. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining me now is Brett Scurry. Brett has just recently finished up at Sandown as a curator where he was there for many years. Good morning, Brett. How are you on, Simone? I'm great, thanks. Um, It must feel a bit odd. You finished up at Sandown last week and um, getting up in the morning and not having to drive that tractor around the track, it must feel a bit different for you. Yeah, it feels very different. But waking up in Queensland at 24 degrees, I think it's a bit different to Melbourne weather today, to be honest. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Now, tell us how you first became involved with greyhound racing and then a, a job as a curator. Well, uh, about 10, 11 years ago, I uh, went up the hills for one come a worker up there on the grass track. Um, and I worked under Jerry Snyder's, and I just worked as a, a guy that sold raffle tickets and worked myself up and started working on track and then Greyhound Racing Victoria had an application going for an assistant track um, maintenance person to travel to Victoria to help out the track specialist, which I did for about four years. And then um, Sand and Greyhounds had a role open for a track curator, which Greg Miller called me and said, 
would you like to go for it? And I said, yeah. And that's how I come as stand-in curator. Right. You were there for two years part-time prior to being five years full-time. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yep. Yeah. And you enjoyed that job? Oh, hell of a lot. I, I, it was a job that I'd love to keep going with, but unfortunately with the circumstances, I wasn't able to. Yeah, you've got a, a child that's um, sick, haven't you? And the warmer weather up in Queensland was going to be a lot better for her health. Yeah, she suffers chronic asthma and the cold down in Melbourne was um, not helping her health a lot. And she was born prematurely, so her lungs development wasn't really there. So uh, with the chronic asthma and her lungs not developing right, it was a a good uh, response to the weather down there. So we had to make a big move to move the grub to Queensland. So. Oh, it must have been, um, I guess, an easy decision in some respects because you had to, but a, a tough job having to leave all your mates at Sandown and the people and the trainers that were there every week. Yeah, it, it was a tough call. My wife and I, we spent about three months spewing on it um, until we got the uh, final call from the specialist. Um, and that's when we had to make the call. Um, sometimes you have to make sacrifices for your family and... I know that I'm going to miss the place, but you have to do right for your family before anything else. That's uh, absolutely right, Brett. But um, tell us about the curating side of things. Has there been more pressure on you as a curator in the last few years um, with welfare and integrity? Oh, absolutely. The integrity of animal welfare is number one for GRV at the moment. That has been since all the scandals that's happened. Um, You just... You just want to make the track look good. You want the track to perform every every race meeting, every trial session. You want your dogs to go around and be safe, and that's the number one um, target you get. You want the dogs to go home back with the trainer and and keep on going. You don't want them to see break down or get hurt or anything like that. And yeah, you you just want the best out of the track and best for the trainers and the dogs. You sound like more than just a curator. You sound like someone who has that connection with the trainers and the dogs themselves. You don't just turn up to work and brush the track. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I love the trainers and the dogs. I before I got into um, curating, I my old partner Ashley too. We used to have dogs together, um, and I fell in love with them. And that was the first time I ever got involved with greyhound racing and. Ever since then, I've fallen in love with the dogs, and it, it's just—it's a passion. It's more than—it's more than a passion. It's your life. When you once you get involved in the industry, it's your life. You, you can't get out of it because it's in your blood. There was um, a, a video that Sandown put out last week, just a, a short one, which was—it was great. I thought um, it was very well done. But one thing that really stuck out to me, and I'd never really thought of it on this level before, is you, you said, "This is my track." Um, you know, this is the buck stops with you, doesn't it? it? It all falls on your shoulders, and you are responsible for everything that happens on there. Yeah, absolutely. It comes from—you've uh, got a Melbourne Cup race on a Friday night to a grade seven on a Sunday. You take pride in carrying your track because you've got your dogs, trainers' dogs running around on your track and you want them to get around safe. It's not like you're going to favour a, a group one to a grade seven. You can't do that. You prepare your track for a Melbourne Cup every race meeting. And that's how I see it because even though they might win a million dollars or they've won a thousand dollars, it doesn't make a difference. They're a greyhound and you have to take passion with every race you've got and you prep your track to the standards what you're supposed to.
What was your favourite race over the time that you worked at Sandown? Oh, in the video, as I'll recall now, was the favourite was the Melbourne Cup when Fernando Bale went around, um, topping off the million dollars and double one in the same race in the Melbourne Cup too. And uh, just the roar of the crowd going around because they wanted Fernando Bale to get over the line and the Donna double one to come and just went by ahead. Uh, it was just an under, unbelievable experience. I was working in the catching pen. And when the crowd went up, it was it was crazy. Like I was in the crowd when Miata went around, and I thought that was nuts. But this race was even better. It was the best I've ever seen. Well, let's take a listen to it now. Racing. He was away only fairly Fernando Bale. Lemia Bale won the start. Bivileza threw on the inside with Dinatiba. Fernando Bale threw, cut across to the feet to the chip, took the lead into the back. Fernando Bale opened up two lengths on Dinatiba, one to second from Black Illusion. Then Bivileza three further back to Dinatiba, zipping Meg. Lamia Bale and Secret Spell in front. Fernando Bale, but Dinatiba one within a length. They're three on for Bivileza. Into the straight, Fernando Bale first for home. Dinatiba one closes. Dinatiba one maybe got Fernando well, Brett, I don't know about you, but um, it gives me goosebumps listening to that again. It has given me goosebumps. You, you think <laughs> of that. I've worked there for seven years and two years part-time, so I've seen, I've seen seven, years, seven months of cups. I know there's people seen them for 30 years, but they say that race was the race they won't forget, and it's a race I won't forget either. What goes through your mind on a big night? There's so much... Um, so much going on. Is it hard to stay focused on your particular role um, when you've got punters, you've got the public, you've got entertainment, um, not to mention the dogs? In the first thing in the morning, you get the nervousness of coming in. Like On a Melbourne Cup day, we probably do nearly 18 to 20 hours. Uh, we get in at 6.30, 7 o'clock, and we don't finish until after midnight after the pack-up. But when you rock in first thing in the morning, you just... You look at the track prep, make sure everything's fine. But on the side of that, you've still got all the entertainment for the kids and the crowd. And so that gets involved as well. But through the day, you just, you've got this oversight of your track when it's coming to race one. And then when race one goes around, your nerves actually go down a notch or two. It's, yeah, it's just getting that first one out of the way, isn't it? And you know yeah. that, and it shouldn't be any different to any other night because um, you know your job, you know what's going to happen. You, you run the race and you, you do the track again. But um, yeah, I would think that there'd be so much extra pressure that you probably put on yourself, not so much from anyone else. Yeah, have a lot because you look at it. The whole, you basically the whole world's looking at your track for that one race, mm. and, and, and it's a fair bit of prize money on it too. So. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it is a fair bit of pressure, but in the long term, you take that under your wing and you, you go on to the next year and the next year of where you can improve and make the track better and the track safer. So looking ahead, Brett, um, you're up in Queensland now, like you mentioned, the warmer weather. Do you think there may be any opportunities to do the same sort of job or a similar role up at Albion Park or where, wherever you're situated? Yeah, I think there will be opportunities um, in the near future. Um, there's a few things being put in place at the moment um, for opportunities, but um, for those opportunities to play out, I'll have to hold on. Hopefully they work out for me. Oh, well, look, all the very best, and it's been great having a chat to you this morning, and I'm um, sad to see you leave Sandown, but like they always say, one door opens or closes, another one opens, so certainly hope that's the case for you, Brett, and thanks for joining me this morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher.
And joining me now is Cynthia O'Brien, who is the manager at the Hillsville Greyhound Racing Club and also the brainchild of the Straight Track Challenge. Good morning, Cynthia. Morning, Simone. Gee, you've got um, a busy month coming up, but I know it's been a, a busy couple of years of work in progress You've to get this uh, Straight Track Challenge off the ground. Can you tell us how the concept came about and um, how it's all progressed since then? Basically, it's about giving people who race on the straight track the same opportunities to run in a, a national race as those that get to run in the sprint and distance championships. And tomorrow you've got the Victorian State Final, but you have had around Murray Bridge and Capalabar, they've had their state finals as well, and there'll be three representatives from each of those clubs coming down. It's a, a wonderful concept. Um, was it well received by the other clubs? Oh, look, it's been really well received and well supported by both the industry bodies in Queensland and South Australia. So last Sunday at Capalabar, they were the first to run their state final. And then on Wednesday, I ventured across to Murray Bridge, which is the newest straight track in Australia, to see them run theirs. And, and everybody's really positive about this race. And is it true Capalabar's uh, now become a TAB track as well? Yes, they've now got Sky Channel coverage and they're a TAB track. So that's been an exciting new venture for them. And then, of course, with the new track coming along, it's a really great time to be part of straight racing. It certainly is. It's had a real, um, it's come about, come of age again, hasn't it? The straight track racing and coursing as well. And I guess we can relate this back to greyhounds not chasing perhaps like they used to and um, giving them opportunities to go up a straight track without going around a turn. And it really is starting to pay dividends. I think it's um, it's a really beneficial training prospect for greyhounds from injury, returning from injuries like hock injuries or severe injuries where they no longer have the confidence to go around corners. And it also provides longevity to racing. I mean, a lot of the greyhounds that race at Hillsville are over five years of age, which they no longer race on circles in most cases, so they just race up the straight. So it's a really positive thing for, for the industry. Yeah, it is, um, absolutely. And Hillsville, you've you've done a terrific job down there, Cynthia. I mean, it's a buzzing place. Not that I get there very often, but the times that I've been there on a Sunday, it's really buzzing. You get the, the salt-of-the-earth people, I guess you could say, there as well, and um, just some hobby trainers just love their dogs and love putting them up the straight. And that's, that's what this club's about. It's a family-orientated club. We enjoy having people come. We have a lot of regulars. I mean, there's been people supporting this club for the whole 30 years that it's been running and they're still here every Sunday and that, that's what it's about. When I went to Capalabar, they said the same sort of thing. Their club is a family club. They have lots of younger people up there but lots of children. So it's, it's a really good thing for the industry that we can showcase racing but also provide a safe environment for people to come and enjoy the day out. It is like a picnic meeting, I guess you can say, and there's... It's just a lovely atmosphere at Hillsville. Obviously, I haven't been to Murray Bridge because it's just new and Capalabar, I've never been up there either, but I can imagine they'd be similar types of venues. But Matt Corby must be wrapped as well, um, putting Murray Bridge on the, the map, seeing as it's such a new, a new track. Oh, they were very proud on Wednesday. Um, to have only opened three weeks earlier and to be already running a listed event state final, is. It's a real credit to them. They've done a really great job and the facilities are beautiful. I think they, you know, that club will only grow. It's really positive. Has it been difficult, Cynthia, from when you came, well, came up with the idea? Um, we floated the idea in about 2017. Has it been difficult trying to get this off the ground or is it just something that needed to, it had processes and it just needed to take time? 
it had processes and it tended to just bubble along. And, and Murray Bridge were always in the background, but they weren't ready to open. So, um, you know, they, they had thought they would open earlier and there's just been a longer process to get their track up and running. And now that they're up, we've sort of pushed the button and we've gone. So it's been really good. And you're offering $35,000 to the winner for a 350-metre race up the straight next Sunday, the 18th, for the grand final. That's prize money that's almost like a country cup here in Victoria around a horseshoe. It's been an amazing amount of money and support given by GRV to promote this event. So being the inaugural running, um, the chairman and the CEO have thrown their weight behind the event. We really really appreciate that they've given us that opportunity to showcase straight track racing in Victoria and across Australia. I know Alan Clayton is a big fan of straight racing because it is so clean. Um, it's not, you can't say injury free, but um, you get less injuries up the straight. We don't have those greyhounds going around the turn. So I know he is a big supporter of straight racing. Yeah, it's, as you say, I mean, once they go in the boxes, you can't govern what's going to happen. So injuries will happen, but we don't have a high injury rate and that's what's important and and as I said the dogs that race here are older and they've already got injuries in some cases they're coming back from circle track injuries broken hocks etc and this just gives them more life to race. So going forward from this year's uh, final which is next Sunday so in 2020 Capalabar are going to be hosting this event and 2021 Murray Bridge it's great that that's already locked in. Yes, we locked it in for three years and on the proviso that if any other state across Australia does build another straight track, for instance, if, if New South Wales come on board and they build a track, then at the end of the three-year period, they'll also be included in it. It's all inclusive for any state that builds a straight track so that we will eventually have national straight track racing and it will align with the Nationals for the Sprint and Distance Championship. That's right. Of course, we had those on Thursday night at the Meadows here and Nationals, like you mentioned, and we've got the state or the the uh, grand final in Cannington in a couple of weeks. But this series, Cynthia, also leads into the Hillsville Cup series. It would be great if some of these greyhounds from interstate do come back for the Hillsville Cup series. But 156 races in four weeks and $382,000 in prize money. That's phenomenal. It's famous, isn't it? Yeah. It is. <laughs> it really is an exciting time here in Victoria for straight track racing. Um, the winner of the straight track championship next Sunday has the right to run straight into the Hillsville Cup heats. And I believe this year we're also offering that same right to the winner of the Waterloo Cup. So we're trying to be all inclusive and and really get this going. Great that the trainers are getting behind this too. So accommodation-wise or kennel facility-wise, um, they're happy to come from near and afar, I suppose, to um, come and bring their greyhounds and go into this race. We've got a fantastic little caravan park just up the road from the track that doesn't mind having greyhounds on site. So for those that do want to travel, we can provide that sort of accommodation. And, and for this national championship, we've had to billet some trainers. And I have to say the Victorians have been very accommodating and helping us out. So it's terrific. Oh, good to hear. Now, looking to tomorrow's Victorian straight track track championship, it's a bit of a mouthful. I'm sure by the end of it, we'll all be able to say it fluently. Um, have you got any particular greyhound that you're putting on top in the final, Cynthia? I actually don't. I just want to see a nice, clean race. I mean, the speed that's in that race is going to be phenomenal. We've got our own track dogs here that that trial here and race here all the time. It'll be lovely to see Angela Galea win a race like this. It'll be phenomenal for Peter Gallo to win, given the mm. injuries that he's had. And it's a long, hard campaign for those dogs because if they're going to run in this and then go right through to the Cup, it's a six-week campaign. 
So I don't care who wins. So long as everybody gets over the line safely. Oh, I'm sure they will. And look, congratulations, Cynthia, on this um, fantastic concept. And look, I hope it all goes well for you and absolutely no doubt it will. Thank you for joining me this morning on Talking Greyhounds. Thank you, Simone. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Away and racing in Black Opium began brilliantly. The favourite out fast, sustained the rage and going out quickly. Zipping Magda, they've jammed up and getting a nice run through Jarro Bale, but it's Black Opium the leader. Went down the city side, three to Jarro Bale, two lengths away, Ryko Ablett. And then hone in, sustained the rage. Well back, Orson Allen, Zipping Magda. And last of all, Dinah Patty, but it's Black Opium. High rolling off the back, let it by four to Jarro Bale and then Ryko Ablett, but it is all Black Opium and she'll romp her way to Perth in Brilliant fashion. Black Opium won it by four lengths to Jarrow Bell. Third Ryko It was a top Adler. run from Black Opium to get across at that first turn. She was perfectly drawn in box eight, but um, needed that pace to get across and avoid trouble, which she did. So, so she does get my run of the week. Tornado Tears, an honourable mention from where he came from back in the field, but um, just didn't pick it up last night to win. Last week's dog to follow, Shimmer Shine, won a heat of the Warrigal St. Ledger on Tuesday. He's in the final tonight. My other dog to follow, Kirst, is in tonight also at Bendigo, race seven, number six. My dog to follow this week is Webleck Diamond, who won the maiden final at Horsham in 23-22. He's now won two from two on the track. Another greyhound to maybe look out for is Patrick Francis, who won a maiden at Warrnambool on Wednesday night in 22-27. He won by 11 and a half lengths. My best bet is Bendigo tonight, race seven, number five, Baruga Brett. Not much, uh, it is a lot easier company for this greyhound, although he is a little bit tardy at times. So he doesn't have um, the distance up his sleeve here or room for error, but he's clearly the best dog in the race. And coming up, we have the Warrigal St. Ledger final tonight. Hillsville State final tomorrow on the straight track. Gap Adoption Day tomorrow at the Meadows from 1 till 3. The Waterloo Cup a few weeks away. And also the Girls' Night Out at the Meadows is a few weeks away as well. It's been a busy show, but until next week, where I'll have that special edition of Talking Greyhounds with coverage from the Greyhound Awards Night, you keep those tails wagging.